Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Train Em Up podcast. Let's get it. Welcome to the Train Em Up podcast. Train Em Up exists to equip young parents in discipling their children, helping them to be intentional, encourage imitation, and give instruction. My name is Joshua Chapman, and I have the honor and privilege of co-hosting this podcast with my gorgeous Jim, my good thing, okay, my baby okay, baby. Okay, are you going to do this every time? I just might, baby, because you are all of that in a bag of chips. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, he always doing the most over here. <laughs> <laughs> because you look so fine, girl. Okay, thank you. Anyways, today <laughs> we are here talking about the three eyes. Episode two, we are glad you're joining the us. The three eyes? The three eyes. Man, it sounds like Illuminati or something <laughs> like that. Or three, Dr. Strange. Okay, capital I. All right, so we've got three eyes in our tagline. And thanks to my husband, it's alliteration to help it be more memorable, right? So intentional, imitation, and instruction. We believe these are three key components to discipling Mm. our children. Facts, facts. So we think that these are really important, especially if we want to disciple well. Um, Babe, why don't you go ahead and just, yeah, help us understand why all three are so crucial. Yeah, I would say all three are extremely important because to have two without one of them um, would be, it'd be lacking. You know, it's kind of like, man, you're, you're sloppy Joe. You know, like, like, baby, your sloppy Joe is so good. My wife, she kills it with the sloppy Joes. I don't know where this is going. Um, and it's like, man, if you make the sloppy Joe the way she does it, if you leave out an ingredient like the brown sugar, you know, you will still have a sloppy Joe. But it won't be nearly as good as it is when you add the brown sugar. And so all three ingredients are extremely important. You know, it's kind of like exercising. You know, you don't want to be that person in a gym who has a very bulky upper body and a scrawny lower torso. Mr. Incredible. Yeah, you don't want to look like Mr. (laughs) Incredible. And so what you want to do is exercise your entire body. Well, it's the same way, like, man, we think that all three of these are extremely important. No, that's good. And I I feel like that reminds me, recently, we had a really funny thing happen with our son, who just turned four, and he was trying to help his younger sister, who is two and a half, um, through a prayer, because we are teaching them how to pray, different types of prayers, and I could overhear them in their bedroom She was in her crib, and she was upset about something. And so he's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And so she told him her leg hurt or she wants mommy or something. And he said, let's pray. And he said, say, dear God, please forgive me for crying. (laughs) (laughs) And it was one of those. It was precious, but it's also like, oh, you got that wrong. Like, you are not sinning by crying. And so... Anyways, this long story, what I'm getting at is what you're getting at is that he's imitating us, which Mm -hmm. is great. He's teaching her how to pray like we're teaching him how to pray. Facts. But he needs to be instructed more. Mm. Um, So if we aren't instructing and just letting him imitate, it's going to fall short. Yeah. Yeah. The way I would say, yeah, let's spot on. And, you know, the reality is like imitation without 
instruction is morality. You know, and man, we're trying to raise our children to fear and instruction of Christ. We're not trying to merely raise moralists. Yeah, just little robots. Yeah. Yeah. But instruction without imitation is hypocrisy. And we also don't want that. You know, um, Paul talked about this in Titus. Titus chapter 1, verse 16, where he says, you know, the people claim to know God, but by their deeds, they're den- they deny him. Mm. And we don't want that. Uh, we're not trying to put that type of example before our children as well. Right. And we all just need to be intentional um, because it's like it's like the crux behind it. You know, yeah. uh, it kind of helps us to do the other two. Yeah. You know, I'm even thinking about the idea that if our children, you know, are growing up in Christian homes and so they start imitating and they are talking the language and mm. memorizing verses, if we're not instructing them on what it means to be saved, even then we're falling short because we might be teaching them to think that they're Christians mm. when they're not, you yeah. know, without instructing that. Yeah, so. yeah, no, that's really good. And so why don't we just go ahead and get into the episode a little bit more. And so first, let's discuss the first I, intentional. And so what does it mean to be intentional And I would say it means to be deliberate, you know, uh, to do something on purpose. Something is done on purpose to set a plan and to carry it out. That's good. And I think Deuteronomy 6, you'll probably hear us talk about this this verse and this passage a lot. Yeah. um, Because it's, yeah, it's just so key in explaining family discipleship. Um, But when we look at that, it's encompassing every aspect of our lives, right? It's when you walk along the way, it's saying, hang this on your doorpost. You know, all these different aspects of when you rise, when you lay down at night, what is it asking you to do? Be intentional. Talk about the Lord. Talk about the works of the Lord. Yeah, and even think about like Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Paul instructs Timothy that whatever you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust this to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're entrusting this to another, to, to some other men mm-hmm. requires or in this case, two-year-olds. <laughs> in this case, two-year-olds. It requires <clears throat> intentionality. And even think about Jesus with his disciples. Like, he intentionally poured into them and discipled them. And so intentionality is very important. And even as we think about it, the reality is you won't drift into properly discipling your kids. Yeah. You know, um, so whether we're intentional or not, the reality is we're always discipling them, but we won't drift into properly pouring into our kids. And I don't know if, you know, those of you who are listening are like me, but on those days, and, and I'm at home with the kids, and on those days when I have not really planned much of anything for the day, it is very easy for me to end up letting them watch hours of TV because I don't have a plan. I'm not being intentional with my time with them. And so it's yeah. very easy to drift <laughs> the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. it's like, um, I don't know who said it, but I've heard it so many times growing up. It's that, that, that easy phrase or that common phrase, like if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And so we want to be intentional. Now, we also want to be clear that being intentional doesn't mean that you plan out every second of your time with your kids, you know, because we even we can't even fulfill our routine and schedule if we plan out every second of our time in our day and how we're going to do things. And so it yeah. doesn't mean, yeah. No, and so many 
so many moments with our children is that informal time, mm-hmm. right? It's not Facts. sitting down doing a, a little devotional or singing a song, um, but it's just that informal flow of life. Yeah. And what we are encouraging when it comes to thinking about discipling your kids is how can you intentionally, again, there's mm. that word, how can you intentionally bring up the Lord in that informal time? Yeah. Um, and again, that's the Deuteronomy 6 passage, I believe, is getting at a lot of that informal time. Um, a few, you know, I think it's helpful just to think through a few ways that this could even look. And again, these are not necessarily things that you're planning for, but it's just more to have on your radar that they might come up. Mm. I think one way is, and we'll talk about this more distinctly in a later episode, but just prayers. There's so many opportunities mm. to pray with your kids yeah. throughout the day, not yeah. just meal times or bedtimes. But Facts. for example, when I'm driving with the kids, if a fire truck goes by with the siren on, mm. I, you know, trying to help the kids to, hey, let's stop and pray really quick for the firemen and for whoever they're going to help. Mm. Um, and so it helps our kids start to think that way. Or if we see a homeless person and I'm able to learn their name, mm. then I could ask the kids, hey, can you pray for Mr. You know, so-and-so or whatever? Yeah. And just to help them learn you know, what it looks like to kind of pray without ceasing in these ways. Or another idea is going on walks with the kids mm. and being able to point at a tree and say, who made that tree? You know, <laughs> who made the sky? Yeah, Just these small on. ways to be able to bring up the Lord mm. in the midst of just a typical day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even I think when we're disciplining our kids, like what does it look like to bring up the Lord, to share the gospel? Um, even thinking intentionally about the songs that we have our kids listening to. So just that, yeah, that informal time, I feel like, is when a lot of discipleship can take place. But we've got, again, we've got to be intentionally Mm -hmm. thinking about how can we be bringing up the Lord and his word. Yeah, we got to have it on our radar. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, we definitely need to be intentional about our informal time because a lot of the discipleship takes place that time, during that time. Mm -hmm. But we also got to be intentional to plan out formal times. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that requires deliberately planning ahead Mm -hmm. you know whether it's you walking through a catechism you know we do the truth and grace catechism or some sort of scripture memory and for those who don't know what catechism means because i definitely did not used to know until you taught me (laughs) can you explain what even catechism is is like a man it's a biblical question and answer to where it's like man you're asking your kids you're teaching your kids truths about god's word Mm -hmm. um through question and answer. Great. And so I guess that's how I would define it. That's um, helpful. So yeah, like but you got catechism, scripture memory, um, intentionality with family worship. Um, even as I've begun to see how you work with the kids with like Bible time, where you set aside a specific time together, where you teaching them a lesson or prayer and hospitality. Um, and so you just want to be intentional, just trying to think through that. For us, Team Chapman, most of our formal time takes place um, during and after dinner, where we work on catechism, or we do a scripture memory, and then we'll huddle up um, for our family worship. And we, we kind of chose that time because we know that's a time we're most likely going to be together every day, and we have a little bit more time together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might even be something to think through, is yeah. when is kind of that prime time when the family can be together. Come on, man. I'm prime time Dion Sanders, baby. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it is such intentionality in that. And what we would say is try to work at 
establishing a regular routine um, and be disciplined and persistent in it so much so that your kids begin to expect it. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so, yeah, we definitely want to be intentional. That's the first I. You know, and it's it's hard to be intentional if you're not intentionally spending time with Jesus yourself. Oh. It's hard to have it on your radar. It's a if mic you're n- drop moment. It's right? <laughs> a if, mic drop statement. <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you're wanting to share scripture with your kids, then mm. you've got to be putting scripture in your own heart, That's in your good. own mind. We That's can good. only share intentionally what we are intaking intentionally. Mm. And so just want to encourage us, yeah, to first and foremost be being disciples of Christ ourselves, right? So that we can then make these disciples, um, praying that they would repent and believe. Yeah. Um, And I wish I had an organ right now because (laughs) when you just said what you said, I would have played the organ if I knew how to play it. Like, (laughs) come on now. I would have hit you with a church clap because that was so good. (laughs) Need those little, you know, sounds that we can make on on the podcast <laughs> little bells so. come on now anyways to encourage each other i hope y'all are encouraged <laughs> but yeah, anyways as, doing it, girl. as we move on uh yeah now we'll just talk about imitation um so yeah i'll let you go ahead and define okay never mind he's pointing at me let me let me define what this one means um thanks to webster or google however we <laughs> sought to get some help here but really the idea of imitation is using someone as a model. It's one of those words, we know what it means, but how do we define it? But it's using someone as a model. And we, as parents, are going to be that model for our children. Absolutely. And in fact, we see this in the Bible. You think about what Paul says to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where he says, follow me as I follow Jesus. And he also um, says similarly, to the saints in Philippi, where he says, keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. That's good. Um, And so there's just this expectation that within the church, um, the more immature members would follow and imitate the example of more mature brothers and sisters um, in the body. Even if you think about elders, like elders are to be examples uh, in faith to the congregation, as Paul even told Timothy, First Timothy chapter four verse twelve. You know, don't let folks despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example mm. in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Yeah. It even makes me think of in Titus when he's talking to the older women to mm-hmm. teach the younger women. Yeah. But I imagine in that is they're not just teaching through a Bible study, but also through modeling what that looks like. Yeah. Now, this is one where we definitely want to give a a caveat real quick, because as we encourage imitation, what we're not saying is that we have to be perfect. Right. Because Paul wasn't even getting at that. Paul wasn't perfect. None of us are perfect. All of us who are in Christ, we've been saved from sin, and yet we still live in this body of flesh. We are not glorified. Um, And so we're not trying to have the picture of perfection in front of our kids. In fact, we go ahead. You well, to say something. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think even it gives the opportunity for us to model repentance before mm, them that yeah. they could even imitate 
what repentance looks like, right? That when we do sin in front of our kids or even against our own kids, that we model what confessing our sin to them, asking them for forgiveness. Yeah, Yeah, it it frees you up. You're not trying to perform for your kids. You're just living life before them Mm -hmm. in a way that is godly, even through the way that you repent. Yeah, and so they won't see perfection, but prayerfully they do see direction Mm -hmm. um, and is pointing them to Christ. And so, yeah, definitely want to be imitating. And the reality is our kids are always watching. Whether always. we know it or not, they are always watching. Those little eyes are always and little on ears. you. And those little <laughs> ears are always on you. Whether or not you see them looking at you or whether or not you hear them looking at you. I mean, hear you, you hear them hearing you. I don't even know if I said that right. <laughs> you get the picture. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. You're picking up what I'm putting down. But... It's true, though. Like, man, they're always watching. They're always listening. Um, even as I think about imitation, an example is um, the movie 42 about Jackie Robinson always comes to mind. It's a negative example of imitation where Jackie Robinson, as you guys know, or you may know, uh, first African-American to play in a major league baseball. Uh, this scene, he's at a game, uh, at his game, he's playing against a team, and there are a number of white folks just shouting all kinds of racial slurs uh, to him, just trying to throw him off, really because they're being racist, and they are racist in the movie. But one of the things you see is that a kid sees his dad th- uh, just spewing out all kind of racial slurs towards Jackie, and next thing you know, his kid begins to spew out some of those very same words to Jackie. And so that's like a it's Jackie Robinson. And so that's a negative example of imitation. Yeah. And he might not have even known what exactly he was communicating, but he saw dad doing it. And so yeah. he wanted to do it too. Yeah. You know, just to give a few examples, and I'm sure if we were sitting at a dinner table with you, you could give us just as many examples of how you're, you catch your kids mimicking you or copying you in ways you didn't even realize. Um, I remember one time a good friend of ours dropped something off just out of the blue, a little gift for our family. And when we said bye to her and she left, my son turned to me and he said, Mommy, that was really kind. And it just caught me off guard because that is language that we use in our home, but it's never something that we sat down and talked to him about Mm. to say, hey, you should tell someone that's really kind when they do this or that. Mm. And so, yeah, just thinking of that. And recently, Joshua was out of town for a conference. And so we're doing our little huddle time family worship at night. And because daddy is not home to lead it, our children wanted to fight over who got to lead it that night. And it's amazing how they can almost speak verbatim what Joshua will say when he leads our huddle time. And it just shows, again, we don't practice that with them, but they're picking up on it over time because they're watching. Yeah. And so, yeah. So our kids really are always watching. The question we want to think through is, well, our kids are always watching and seeking to imitate us. The question we want to think through is, if they imitate us, will they look more like Jesus mm-hmm. when they do the things that they see mommy and daddy doing? Yeah, that's good. And and really, we can all attest to this, right? Because as adults now, we can probably look at our own life and be like, wow, I do the same thing my mom did. <laughs> or, you know, oh, you do the same thing your dad did. You know, and why do we do that? Because we spent so much time observing and learning from them by spending time with them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this 
this why in imitation is key, right? It's one of the greatest ways that we disciple. Mm, So that's why imitation is such an important part is because as we learned through doing a ministry here in Memphis, more things are caught than taught. Mm, Say that again. More things are caught than taught. Yeah. And, (laughs) And we have to remember, like we said in the first episode, our influence is very great. Come on. And we are, especially in this young age when they're home more, we're gonna be spending more time with them than anyone else. Yeah. And so as we, yeah, as we think about imitation, some of the things we want to consider is, man, what do we want to see our children doing more? What, in what ways do we want them to imitate us? You know, whether it be praying, we want them to see us praying that they may imitate us in that or serving others, um, learning humility in such a way that we teach them to put others first and encouraging others and reading the Bible. We even want them to see how married couples interact and talk together um, and confess our sins. This is a number of things that we want to be mindful of, uh, that we really want to instill in our kids. And we want to show them what these things look like. Yeah, that's good. And I think a good question for us to consider is also kind of the negative, right? Are there things in our lives that we don't want our kids to imitate? Mm. Um, and if so, you know, if those things are sin, obviously we want to repent of that and put those mm-hmm. things to death. But even if they're just some things that we don't want them, yeah, seeing, I don't know how to explain it, but, but again, we just want to be mindful, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Being yeah. aware, they're always watching, they're always listening. And so wanting to, again, not perfection, but put forth the best example that we can. Amen. Amen. In fact, it is through imitation that our children actually get to see how our faith impacts our lives. Yeah, that's really good. You know, so we have imitation and we have the third and final I, instruction. Yeah. So the way Webster or Google have defined instruction (laughs) is that it is the process of teaching and engaging students with content. And man, with that definition, we know that the content that we want to engage our, st- our children with is none other than the Bible itself. Yeah, that's good. You know, and we instruct our kids in so many things, right? We teach them how to ride a bike. We're in the process of that right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, teach Pray them- for us. <laughs> <laughs> we teach how to tie shoes. We teach them how to use the potty. And we can honestly even find ourselves spending so much money and time on equipping ourselves on how to teach our kids some of these things. And yet there is something more important than our kids knowing how to use the restroom. Mm. Though that is very important just to live in this day. Ain't trying to clean up messes. But there is nothing more important than instructing them Mm. in God's word. And so may we not be guilty of spending more money, more time on teaching them lesser things but rather give our days to the eternal things, mm, right? Instructing them through God's word. Yeah, no, that's good. And instruction is an essential component to discipleship. As we talked about in the last episode, the Great Commission, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. You know, you have Ephesians 6, you know, raise your children in fear and instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, even as you think about, you know, First Thessalonians chapter 2, where he says, you know, like as a father, we instructed we implored you we exhorted you to walk um 
worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Yeah, and I even think of Jesus, right? The the perfect example of a disciple maker. He was always instructing his disciples. He was always having teaching moments, right? Where yeah. he would take that informal time, but then teach a lesson and, and break down, um, yeah, just what it means to follow him. Yeah, yeah. And so, and we want to be very intentional because... Our kids always have questions. I can, I don't know about your kids, but our kids are always asking the question, why? And part of teaching is to not only communicate um, what God says, but also talk about what it means and explain the why behind it. Um, and we, we see it in our own lives. My kids, they're like, man, why we got to put up our toys? Or why is it time to go to bed? Or why yeah. do All, we got to go to church yeah. or whatever They're it always is. learning, right? They're always processing, always learning. And I, I don't know about you, but we have realized that our kids have a much greater capacity to learn and to memorize and to take in information than we ever could have realized at this yeah. age. And so we want to take advantage of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. As one elder said, we want to pack it in now and try to unpack it later. Yeah, it's good. Um, and, and, and even in our instruction, we want to think through, like, you know, explain to them what is the gospel. You know, knowing that our kids are sinners, we want to explain to them uh, why we disobey. What is sin? We want to explain to them the importance of confessing our sins to God and to one another when we sin against each other. Yeah. We want to teach them about forgiveness. Yeah. Um, and not only that, we also want to teach them the stories of Scripture. Like We want our children to be so familiar mm-hmm. with the storyline of the Bible that they know the story of Adam and Eve and sinning against God. They know that God promised to send a deliverer. They know that Jesus is that promised deliverer who died for sin and rose from the grave. They know that God is always with his people. Like We want them to be so familiar with these truths, mm-hmm. um, and, and that requires instruction. Yeah. And so we want to teach them, we want to be intentional with this. That's good. You know, in with toddlers, we have to remember that we're not teaching them a seminary class. <laughs> and <Facts. laughs> my my husband tried to teach our newborn Greek, you know, when we <laughs> no, I was he, in Greek during was, the time. He was studying for a final. But but yeah, we're not teaching our kids Greek. We're not teaching a seminary class. And so I don't want to mm-hmm. even overwhelm you by thinking, Oh my goodness, how do I prepare this lesson? No, you could be reading the Jesus Storybook Bible to them yeah. and then explaining it in your own words. Um, mm-hmm. It might be a 30-second explanation or a yeah. two-minute Bible study. Yeah. But I want to remind you is that you know more than your child does about Jesus. You know more than your child does about God's Word. And so you can do this. Just teach them what you know. And it's okay that you don't know it all. We mm-hmm. don't know it all but we can teach what we do now. That's good. That's good. And even as we talk about teaching, specifically with toddlers, simplicity is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, we really want to be simple, want to be kid-friendly in our instruction and try to make it memorable. Yeah. You know, example is, like, we, we taught our kids patience, and we defined it as waiting without grumbling. And then I know another family, they define it as waiting with joy, and we're constantly trying to teach them patience. Mm-hmm. Um, even as we think about obey, you know, it's what mommy and daddy say right away, all the way, and with a loving heart. 
Yeah, and um, even just the what mommy daddy say right away, all the way. You can hear the rhyme. You can hear it almost can become a little jingle to them. Um, and so, yeah, trying to think of different little short ways to, to instruct them. I even think about how, you know, when you're doing sermons and you want to speak for a minute to the children that are sitting in there, we always talk about putting the cookies at the bottom shelf. You know, how can we say this in a way that children can grasp these truths? Yeah. And so, you know, as we finish up this episode, I just want to say that if you're already doing these things, keep on keeping on. We just want to be here to, yeah, just to spur you on in that. Um, And if you're not, and maybe hearing all of this feels overwhelming, that is not our goal. We are not wanting to overwhelm you. Not at all. We just want to give a well-rounded explanation of what we believe family discipleship should look like. But we just want to encourage you to start small. Um, try to maybe implement just one thing that you heard today, but the goal is just head in the right direction and mm. maybe build on it over time. We want to encourage you to take the long view. We have to remind ourselves that all the time, but take the long view and trusting that over time, your kids will learn. They will start to grasp some of these things. Um, they may begin imitating you more on some of the things you're hoping that they will. Um, and so yeah, I don't want you to try it for a week and then think, man, this isn't working. But um, yeah, just want to encourage you for the long haul mm. to try to implement some of these things in the way that God leads you to do. Because again, there's so much freedom in how this can look. Facts, facts, facts. Amen. Well, man, y'all, thank y'all so much for rocking with us. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, till next time, grace and peace. Peace.